I'm going to be completely honest and I need you all to believe me when I say I don't know where I went or why I left but I'm back now so let's just pretend like the last month or so give or take I don't know um didn't happen I've been here the whole time I've still had those playlists for you you know I'm still active on Twitter it's all good I know you missed me I missed you all as well and I'm here so let bygones be bygones I'll buy you lunch when I see you and let's just move on with the show Unfortunately, I'm not feeling the best today, but I am in the mood to discuss some things with you that um, need to be talked about by Tammy J. And so one of those things being is the whole Drake dissing Kid Cudi thing. Uh, This is definitely something that has really has me torn I should say because let's let's backtrack let's backtrack mental health in the black community needs to be addressed a lot more point blank period it gets swept under the rug it gets written off as weakness and that's not okay let that be said let that be known but moving forward when it comes to hip-hop beef all shit goes out of the window. I'm sorry. I am. I feel like the only thing we cannot touch on if we are in a hip-hop beef, beef is death. I feel like that that's crossing the line if you talk about someone who is no longer with us because they're not around to defend themselves. And as I'm, you know, saying this, I'm thinking about... What's his face? Ugh, the whack rapper from New York. Uh, that always counts money. What's his name? Troy Ave. There we go. Troy Ave. That's his name. He dissed Capital Steez, who committed suicide, and he had no remorse for it. So that type of dissing is definitely inhumane to me. That is completely disrespectful. Now, what Drake did with Kid Cudi was address his mental health issues. If you aren't aren't aware, uh, Kid Cudi admitted himself into rehab due to, I can't even say due to, I don't, I don't know what's going on in his head, but I know he's had suicidal thoughts. He's had thoughts of, you know, taking his life, harming himself, not feeling like he wants to be here. And that's all in the letter that he wrote to, you know, us as music listeners and his fans. But before that, Kid Cudi brought it upon himself to diss Drake and Kanye. Now, he was acting real bold. I don't know what type of state of mind he was in, but I felt like, I feel like that opened 
doors for retaliation. When it comes to hip hop, I'm sorry, you don't get a pass. If you say my name, I'm going to say your name back. Now, people are mad at Drake for how he came back at Kid Cudi by addressing his mental health issues versus his rap capabilities. Hey, I feel like, like I said, all's fair in hip-hop beef. Now, let's let's go to the actual uh, quote on the track two birds one stone that just recently released by drake um for his 30th birthday drake says you were the man on the moon now you go through your phases life of the angry and the famous rap like i know i'm the greatest and give you the tropical flavors still never been on hiatus you stay zan and perked up so when reality sets in you don't gotta face it (sighs) <sighs> and so in quotes <laughs> it yeah it stings a bit but it's like hey you got what you asked for kid cuddy now like i originally said right off the bat mental health issues should not be written off as weakness in the black community because this is something that's very serious something very detrimental something that can in in not so well obviously so here i am torn because on one side you know we should take mental health issues very seriously um be very careful with the words we use and on the other hand being a serious hip-hop fan and lover of hip-hop beef if you know me just a tad bit you know I get so excited when it comes to hip-hop beef and the back and forth between rappers but Kid Cudi isn't out right now Kid Cudi isn't gonna go back and forth with Drake at this moment because he's working on his his mental health I digress I'm rambling for for both sides of the argument but ultimately I'm gonna say that Drake really didn't do much harm There's been a lot worse said by Drake to other rappers. There's been a lot worse said by other rappers to other rappers that's concerned a lot heavier issues, if that makes sense. For example, my internet um, brother, I would like to call him, who has never met me, (laughs) but I feel like I've met him, Charlemagne the God, He tweeted a very good logical point and he tweeted, so Tupac clowning Prodigy for having sickle cell wasn't going too far, but Drake clowning Cuddy is going too far. I hate hypocrites. And I totally see where he's coming from. Look, we all have different lines that we draw on the sand where someone's going too far. Hey, if someone talks about my weight, I'm ready to fight. If someone else talks about, you know, their weight, they might not be as mad. So it just, unfortunately, it really depends on uh, your standpoint And another good point that Charlemagne did make is that you're going to make excuses for the people that you like. And so take it with a little tiny grain of salt because I'm a very big Drake stan. But 
I feel like I'm I'm trying to be as least biased as I can because I really don't think he he being Drake meant it in a I'm making fun of you for your mental illness. I didn't get that type of vibe at all. I felt like he was just like, "Hey, you're coming at me talking about what 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 goes on in my life, but hey, you've got things going on in your life that you should probably check in on." And you know what? Hey, he was proactive and he did it. And I actually think that Drake recorded this and you know, wrote this before Cuddy went into rehab. Again, I digress. I may be making up more excuses and, you know, concocting a whole scenario that's not true. But that's where I stand. I'm still Team Drake. And I really do hope that he somewhat addresses it in the future, just stating, you know, look, hey, just to clarify, I wasn't making fun of mental illness. I was addressing that. You know, you can't throw stones if you live in a glass house. Moving, moving right along. Um, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Read. Shout out to The Read. Um, and they were talking about sitcoms that have, you know, impacted them somewhat. It was a brief conversation, but I would kind of like to touch on it more, just a tad bit. I haven't seen, you know, every sitcom that's ever been made, and I haven't seen a lot of popular ones too, but I just wanted to mention some sitcoms that have really impacted my life, and I would encourage you to go back to watch And I'm actually going through some traveling back in time as for watching old old shows myself. So I feel like this could be an adventure for both of us and catching up on maybe some lessons that we should have learned with these old TV shows that they don't really teach in shows today. Um, One of the shows right off the top, it's not old, it's definitely not new, I mean, it's old. <laughs> it's definitely, it's old. But it's not like super old like the Jeffersons. But Sister Sister will forever be close to my heart. That's probably one of the the sitcoms that I watched religiously as a child. So many things I've learned from that show that I appreciate. And... Even, (laughs) this might be funny because what caught me to watch this show is because in the opening credits, um, originally watching, I was like, hey, that girl has a name that's similar to mine, so I'm going to keep watching because I wouldn't see my name in many places. My full name or, you know, my, my first name is Tamara, and on the show, of course, there's Tia and Tamara and so Tamara is spelled T-A-M-E-R-A my name is spelled T-A-M-A-R-A but either way I was like I'm in her name looks like my name I'm I'm in (laughs) and so throughout you know the many seasons of that show we learned about relationships situationships families mixed families and dealing with uh 
different types of friendships. So it's very entertaining. Uh, I experienced my first white boy crush on that show. If you remember the episode where they go to prom and... This is so funny that I'm mentioning this. They go to prom. Of course, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a journey to get to prom. I think it's due to like their prom dresses getting messed up for some reason. But anyway, their prom performer is John B. And oh, oh my gosh, I almost passed out because that was just my first white boy crush. And I love the song They Know. And so, or They Don't Know, I should say. It's They Don't Know. Definitely great sitcom. Another goodie that we will always mention as black people is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And of course, we love it for the the blackness and the black excellence that is, you know, displayed throughout the show. But what really gets me personally is how genuine it is. I felt like as I watched it, I wasn't watching actors who were reading a script. Everything felt natural. The only thing that, of course, didn't feel natural is when Aunt Viv got light skin all of a sudden. But hey, we moved past it. We moved on. We 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 did a side eye and then we just kept it moving because the show was still good. But of course, you learn so many types of life lessons through that. And we all know the the infamous, epic, heart-string-pulling final episode where, you know, just Will Smith just goes off script and uh, makes us all cry. And if you haven't seen that episode, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it. Another one, another no-brainer when it comes to mentioning you know, a predominant black sitcom in black people's lives is The Cosby Show. But for me, what really made things stand out and pull me in was, like I mentioned previously, is the black excellence. It was nice to see people going to you know, school, people being doctors, people having good grades, people pronouncing their E's and R's. Like, you know, it was just, it was very, it was very nice. Not to say that the the previous sitcom shows weren't doing that. It was just on another level. It was another sophistication where it's like, yes, there is black excellence where we're more than just wanting to be rappers, dancers, you know, wearing oversized clothes we were also doctors and we have full families and we have a nice household and we have a sense of humor it was just very inspiring and encouraging for you know it was almost like a blueprint for what you wanted for for your life and your future and the last sitcom that I really want to mention when I know there's many, 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 many more. So don't come at me for not mentioning, you know, another show. I, I know that they're out there. It's just there's only so much time in a podcast that I have. But um, one that I've actually just recently went back to 
rewatch because I watched it as a child, but I didn't understand it. I just knew it was funny and I just knew that it was important, but I didn't know what exactly they were talking about due to my age. And that is Girlfriends. So I just recently watched the whole first season the other day and man, it's good. And there's some things that people just, that they touch on that, man, that I'm glad that I'm, I've gone back and watched because it's definitely more relatable at my age now. In the first season alone, they cover interracial dating, self-hate when it comes to your skin tone, um, pregnancy scares, um, how to handle your friend dating your ex, being multiracial yourself. It's just very informative, but in a comedic sense and very casual way as well. And it's surprising that it started in 2000. This is 16 years ago. And for everyone in the show to look so damn good still, especially Tracy Ellis Ross, the the queen it's it's amazing it's oh it's so beautiful black girl magic on a thousand for sure when you watch girlfriends so guy or girl go back and watch girlfriends because you'll you'll just fall in love with the beauty and if not the beauty the show topics I also want to go back and watch Living Single. That's another show that I watched as a child that where I knew it was humorous and it was important because there's black faces on my screen doing more than just shucking and jiving. But I didn't really know what exactly they were talking about. And so that's another show I really want to go back and rewatch because I feel like now at my age, it would be a lot more relatable and a lot more funny. And so that's another show that I plan on hopefully finding on the internet for free and uh, talking about in episodes to come. All right. Um... Before I go, I really want to talk about infidelity. This is a topic that really intrigues me for some reason. Um, I hope my future husband doesn't cheat on me or my future spouse, boyfriend, whatever, fiance. But knowing what's going through someone's head as they're cheating and that's it's it's fascinating to me and also knowing what's going through the mind of someone who is involved in the cheating but isn't doing the cheating you know like the other woman or the other guy I also am very intrigued by what's going on in their their cranium and so Let's just chat a little briefly, a little brief brief about infidel. Um, I'm trying to sound cool, I guess. I don't know why I'm shortening words. But um, let's talk about specifically being the other woman or the other guy. Okay, so scenario, for example, guy and a girl together appear to be very happy, display their relationship on the internet as couples do nowadays you know the drill and 
guy, unbeknownst to his girl, is stepping out. He's having his fun elsewhere and it doesn't get back to his girl. Now, he lets his other women know straight up what the deal is. Hey, I got a girl at home. I intend on keeping her and wifing her. You are strictly gonna get this dickly on a weekend basis when I say because I am to report back home with my real girl. Now, accepting that type of arrangement as the other woman is is she in the wrong? Is that person in, in any type of wrong in any way? Me personally, I say no. I say, hey, you do you, you live your life, you're not cheating on anyone, what's the big deal? But a lot of other people will say, well, hey, you know, karma's a bitch, what if that was to happen to you and your man, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, hey, me, if if you're not cheating, you're you're not doing anything bad in my book. Is that savage of me to say? I feel like it's it's really not because that other woman owes nothing to anyone because she was mature and adult enough to put herself in a single position so she wouldn't have to cheat on anyone. And this guy being selfish and immature wants to have his cake and eat it too. And you know what? Hey, I'm a I'm a let you eat this cake, but um you know, that cake might get thrown in your face by your girl. Who knows? But when I eat my cake, you know, it's going to be very neat, it's going to be very pleasurable because I'm not doing any wrong, anything wrong. I'm not on a diet, you are. I've talked with many people about the t- this topic of being like the other woman or the other guy and if they have any type of responsibility in it all. And me, my standpoint is absolutely not. They owe no one anything. And if you feel differently, I definitely want to know why. Comment. Um, I want you to reach out and let me know. Like why? Like why? What? What did they do wrong? Yeah, they they may knowingly know that they're in a relationship, but that relationship isn't theirs to keep tabs on hey that's that's just me i digress i sip my tea and speaking of tea um this episode's tea is tia's english standard tea i got the wonderberry i think that's what it's called yes wonder yes wonderberry <laughs> zero calories and it's um, unsweetened, so right off top, it's gross. <laughs> I didn't realize that I got the unsweetened tea, and shit like that just does not fly. It just, there's something about unsweet tea that just sounds, that just tastes like ass. Like, who who signs up for that? Like, yeah, give me, give me the unsweet, no. I need you to put as much sugar as you have in my tea 
as if a black person made it. And so, I don't, this tea may be good for you, but it really just tastes like, I don't even know. Like, the bottle is cute. It's in a nice glass bottle. It's square. Like, Tia. Like, you know, it sounds cute. Um, I think I'm pronouncing it right because it's T-H-E-A. So, I don't know if it's Thea. You know, I don't know if it's Auntie or if it's, you know, just Tia. But presentation-wise, it's it's A-okay. It passes the test. But the taste test, which is the important test, nope. I'm gonna need you to um I'm gonna let it do some extra credit. I'm gonna give it another chance. Hopefully there's a sweetened version at the store when I go back and I'll let y'all I'll let y'all know what the sweet version tastes like. But as for the unsweetened, it's ass. Um and I pass. Once again, I'm so sorry that I went on a random hiatus, but as for now, I'm back, as for now. And, you know, just pay attention to the description of the show. It's a sometimes weekly podcast. It's it's not strictly weekly um, or weekly, as some like to pronounce it. <laughs> but, you know, all jokes aside, I'm back. New playlist is up. Sweet 16 playlist. Got nothing but jams on it. And I do not just say that. I I mean that. I'm actually going to re-listen to it in a few minutes when I smoke my pipe. And I digress. Um, That shall be all. Follow me on all social media sites at Tea with Tammy. And until next time, sip some tea for your girl.